Hello, and welcome to the Creative Worship Leader Podcast, where we elevate the practical side of leading worship, leading people, and harnessing creativity so you can experience divine fulfillment. I'm Dean Mitchum, your host, and I'm so thankful that you have joined me. By the way, if you'd like to learn more, you can visit deanmitchum.com. Today's episode, I want to talk about three unavoidable steps to improve your skill level. Now, I believe we all probably desire to do better at our skill, whether it's playing an instrument or singing or leading worship, but the skill itself is improving that skill. And the reason we most of us want to do that is so we can minister more effectively. Now, uh, I've been playing piano for quite a long time and leading worship a long time, and I realize that there are certain things you're going to have to do to improve your skill. So I want to share those with you today in a very practical sense, but yet powerful way, because it's really what's going to help you go forward. And if they're unavoidable because it's almost impossible to get where you want to go if you don't address these three particular steps. And you probably already do, but maybe you haven't focused on it in this particular fashion. So those three steps are really simply this. Increase your knowledge, focus your practice, and do live performance. Those are the best three ways that I know to improve your skill level, and that will help us get to where we want to go. Um, in increasing your knowledge, you know, you need to determine, all right, where I'm at right now, what is my limitation in music theory? What is my limitation upon the skill to play my keyboard? What is my limitation on guitar? Where, I'm, where am I currently that I can measure my progress from? Let's say I'm, I'm well-versed in certain chords and I do really well and play those in any song without concern. But maybe I need to expand in other chords and get more fluent with uh, you know, changing chords without worrying so much about it. And uh, maybe I need to know more about how to properly take care of my guitar or my keyboard or my voice, how to take care of my throat and, and my, so my throat doesn't get raw and sore, sore and just different things like that that we wanna measure from where we are today and to determine what we want to learn and how we're going to learn it. We have to make a couple of choices there. So if I want to have a notable, measurable difference that I can see in my performance and my ministry and the skill level, I got to start with my current level so I can increase that knowledge. Now, it's interesting how things come along and affect your life. I had a passion and a desire. My keyboard is probably my, my best instrument. But my first instrument as a child, probably less than 10 years old, was I wanted to play drums. And so I went around beating on anything I could find, books and tabletops. And uh, even one time I went outside and took these old metal aluminum and, or old metal uh, and plastic garbage cans and turned them upside down and created a, a snare and toms and ran around the yard grabbing some sticks and uh, started just beating on my drum set. And uh, eventually, thank God, I was able to get a, a real drum set and start learning on it. And I had no clue what I was doing. I knew I loved the sound of drums. I loved the sound of music. And somehow, music was going to be something I, I was involved with and obtained knowledge at. But I didn't know what to do. I had not a clue. But my family was a singing group. And we sang in church a lot. So, so uh, my first drum set, I... Uh, uh, didn't like the way they sounded, so I was trying to touch, you know, affect the heads. Now, this is real confession time, you guys, okay? So this is, just say I've been, uh, it, it's more than 40 years ago that I, that I did this. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how much more, but it's more than 40 years. 
So, but I didn't like to tone, so I found anything I could put, do to place on the head of my toms so they would sound better. And the only thing I could find was, now you ready for this? Eight track tape, the, the, the old eight track cassettes. And uh, so I would place them on there and it sounded more muted and sounded nicer. The problem was <laughs> when I played the drums, they bounced right off the heads and uh, it didn't last very long. So I found myself picking up cassette, you know, eight track tape to put back on the heads and that didn't work out too well. So there was clearly a lack of knowledge. But the funny thing about it was we performed at a church one time and, and as a kid, so I was playing the drums for us to sing it. So, and I, I didn't even know the difference in how you played a kick and a snare and a hat, but I had them all. And so I was just playing around on the snare for a few measures, a tom for a few measures, and just going around, not a clue, folks. But I sure had a desire to learn and increase in my knowledge. And one kind soul, I don't even remember who it was, young guy was much older and he watched me and he, after service, he came up and said, hey, uh, I see you like to play drums. Let me, let me show you a couple things. <laughs> he showed me what the kick drum was for, what the snare drum was for, and what the hat was for. And it really changed my whole perspective and my whole world. And I feel like I've been struggling all this time. And it was the knowledge, let alone, of what the drums were supposed to do. Uh, I didn't have a problem with understanding the keyboard or understanding, you know, other things. But the drum set, and it got, never mind, I was less than, you know, who knows how old I was, eight, nine. Uh, but that particular knowledge increase right there set me forward. And I began to understand the beats, how to use the kick and the snare and the hat. And it just changed. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is what ice cream tastes like. Oh, okay. Uh, it was wonderful. And uh, so it, my increase in knowledge really set me to a new level of skill development and knowing what was supposed to happen and understanding my instrument. It was really, really impactful for me and really good for me to have that increase in knowledge. Um, and so that was great. So I had to it, thank God for grace because I was kind of like I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know, but somebody else had an input. So my increase of knowledge came from a different path. But now that you, you have an understanding, you can say, okay, this is my level today and I want to go to a new level. So the first place is to increase your knowledge, whether it's music theory or uh, instrument understanding or, you know, just n a nice few chords you want to learn to play. You have to start with increasing your knowledge of what that means. And second of all is you need to focus your practice. Now, uh, practice, to be honest, it's easier uh, when you are passionate about music. Okay, and when you want to play, you, you spend time to learn. You spend time practicing on what you're learning. And you have to apply knowledge, you practice that knowledge to come to a skill level that's different. But you, a lot of times it takes a very good investment in time to develop and improve a skill. So to do that, you know, I never measured the time uh, growing up and I didn't realize how much time I actually put into it, but I do know that we had a place where music was and we had instruments in our home. And it was the old front porch that we, my dad just kind of closed in uh, and we just kept instruments out there and the old piano. And I just loved to play and I never kept track of time, but I do know this was true, that every day I played. Every day I would go out and practice and play and learn something new and hear something and try to you know, duplicate that. Uh, and so passion makes practice easier to handle uh, and of course, when you get older, you get more wise and mature, and you're able to follow what the scripture says that diligence is a man's prized possession. 
So you're stay diligent with what you're learning, you know, and focus in your practice. But what happens is we don't want to just simply practice without a focus. We want to say, okay, this practice, I'm going to, to work on scales or chord inversions or a different rhythm pattern that I can play to. But it's having an intention of what you're going to practice. You know, teachers do this all the time. They line out semesters. And personally, we have to do that same thing. I want to set this level and I'm going to focus on this practice and I'm going to move forward in, in, in my skill development because I have focus, I have practice and I focus my practice on something particular, whether it's scales or, or chords or rhythm um, and uh, deciding on what you're going to work on. Of course, that goes back to the knowledge determine where you are and where you want to go to then once you learn what you got to do you practice what you have to do so that becomes a reality for you and one of the things that I set forth in in my practice personally was trying to gain ground was that I I you know before keyboards came out we weren't you didn't <laughs> easily transpose your keyboard and retune it you uh you learned to play in different keys so even when key transposition became available on digital keyboards electronic keyboards um, I, I was kind of like, I'm afraid that if I transpose that keyboard, I'm going to forget to put it back and I'm going to sing crazy and go wild because I got the wrong key. So I put a, a determination in my heart that I said, my goal and my focus is to, I'm going to learn to play in al almost every key that I can. So, uh, I've done pretty well with that, but I have two keys that I pretend don't exist, <laughs> kind of, but they do. And that's F sharp and B. And uh, those scales, those keys, uh, keys are, uh, they make me feel like a beginner when I have to accompany someone on there. Uh, so I still challenge myself to go, but the other keys I'm doing pretty well at. Uh, there's probably, you know, a few keys that I'm like, I'm intermediate level and then several keys that I'm proficient at. And so that was one of my goals in practice was to learn to manage most keys and, and key scales. And so I, I would determine and I would encourage you to do when you practice, focus your practice, what your knowledge is designed to learn, then begin to practice your focus and simply learning the key scales. I mean, that's that's the beginning point. But once you learn a, a scale in every key, basically the major key for corporate contemporary worship, we're just learning about using basically the major scale. And so and your chords for that major that scale that you go with you. Um, and once that happens, you can improve and go into different keys. Going back again uh, to, to reiterate, you know, you have to increase your knowledge and then you have to focus your practice. And the third thing I want to talk to you about when it comes to this is you have to perform live. And there's nothing like performing in front of somebody to test what you've learned and practiced. Because there are emotions and feelings that occur there that don't occur when you're by yourself when you know behind the door and practicing or in the garage or wherever you are and you're practicing it just doesn't happen you've heard it in sports you know it's like you practice all you can but until you meet that team face to face on the field it's kind of like a different point well it's that way with performing and music and skill development too and i would encourage you to begin to practice and then ready perform for someone on a local level you know as a kid it was always like hey mom listen to what i'm doing or dad listen to listen to this and uh, you had a very, very uh, supportive live performance. You could mess up and it was gonna be wonderful. And uh, you know they were for you, so you had that safe spot. So, and, and even now, you know, you can find a place to perform live. 
And then next level is going to do that if you're in a worship team to perform in front of the congregation what you have prepared for so you can minimize those distractions. But, you know, there comes a time and a test when that takes place and you want to be able to do that. You know, I have, I have been playing a long time and my biggest challenge is traditional Christmas carols every Christmas Eve. You know, and I've been leading worship for 40 years and even now, uh, 25, almost 25 years, been doing Christmas Eve services here at Vision Church. And uh, every Christmas Eve, I'm like, all right, I get nervous. We rehearse a few weeks before. I get nervous and I still, so one year I decided to play an instrumental because we have some very low-key instrumental specials and things on Christmas Eve. And uh, so I decided to do a performance of I'll Be Home for Christmas on the keyboard. And so I practiced and I practice, and I practice, and I practice, and I got ready, and then Christmas Eve came, and uh, it was quite a different feeling. Now, this is my home church. I've been leading worship here for well over 23 years, and I know they love me, but there was still a different feeling in performing that live than it was uh, practice, and uh, so I encourage you, you've got to include that live performance in your skill development and uh, let that affect you and become seasoned in that live performance. And there comes a time when you, when it really flow, you know, much easier and you're more comfortable at it. And uh, one interesting story too is several years back, a good friend of mine, Pastor Marty Layton in Nashville, he convened a conference there in Nashville and he invited me to come. And one of the speakers and one of the worship leaders also along with uh, Leonard Jones, who is Morningstar. And I had not met Leonard before, but I knew who he was. And so we had a, a wonderful, Pastor Marty's an excellent, guitarist and pastor and uh, so we can we formed this worship team out of all of us that we performed and for each other we played for each other and then and backed each other up in ministry and so Leonard had this song in in five four time and the only thing I knew about five four time was I'd heard of it and uh, you know I, I think I'm pretty good with catching rhythms but this one has always been a challenge and so we, we, we practiced it, practiced it, and so we had to do it live. And, and, and practice in front of, you know, Leonard Jones was different than practice in front of <laughs> even my, myself and my team. And uh, Pastor Marty was so gracious. We all worked together, so I found myself counting the whole time in the song. And just about, I'll follow the chord sheet, and I'll just go with the timing for Leonard. And, uh, but it was quite a challenge, but we made it through, had a great conference. And uh, so live performance is definitely going to be a big part of your skill development. And... Uh, so I encourage you, in a, in a, in a summary here, is that uh, developing your skill, these are three unavoidable steps that you're going to have to take to bring your skill level up so you can go to the next level of ministry that you desire and that I believe you, you want to be at. And that is to increase your knowledge, that is to focus your practice, and that's to give live performances to take you where you want to go. Well, that's about it for this episode of The Creative Worship Leader. I want to thank you for joining me today. And I'd like you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And uh, share this with anybody that you believe could benefit from it. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this. Visit my website, deanmitchum.com, if you need anything else. And remember to live your life creatively as worship unto the Lord.